Hello and welcome to another belated edition of the Copcast podcast. Since we last spoke to you, we have qualified for the Europa League. We have shifted on or lost or or discarded is probably the best term to use. Um, James Milner, legend. Bobby Firmino, legend. And Alex Ockley, Chamberlain and Naby um, is there somebody else? Am I missing somebody? I feel like I'm not. I'm no, gonna take that. Right. Yeah, that's okay. That's grand. And we have, like, contrary to a lot of people's beliefs, FSC have gone out and signed players and players in areas that we we quite obviously needed. And look, Beryl, I'll just kick off with you. Um, Let's take up McAllister first. Done really swiftly. Very, very classic FSG. 35 million. Looks like far less than we should have paid for him. 24 years old. Premier League experience. Um, tactically. Technically. Really, really sound. And he has a World Cup winner's medal under his belt. So, look, first of all, what do you think of the signing? And, you know, where do you think he fits into the side? I think it's a brilliant signing, um, you know, especially for the for the price, of course. But, uh, yeah, and, and uh, I'm surprised that we had, didn't have any competition for for him because uh yeah he 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 did win uh, a world cup he, he does have the uh, the medal but uh, he really did win it he played i think he played all of their games maybe uh no no they they lost their their first one so they didn't have the the third uh, uh game uh, that you can rest uh, your 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 first team players but and um i heard someone else say this but uh, it, it was also uh, something that i experienced uh, when I was watching games of uh, of Argentina during that World Cup, that that someone would have the ball and and uh, do something, uh, uh, you know, a, di- a diminutive uh, f- figure in, in midfield and do something brilliant with it, and I was uh, I, w- I was thinking it was Messi, but uh, and then it turned out to be McAllister, quite quite a few times, and uh, and I really liked uh, you know, the work ethic that he showed. Um, so I, I think he's a really good player. Um, I think he has proven this at Brighton. Um, he has um, played some some difficult tactics. Um, he has all sorts of attributes that that I think we uh, lacked. Um, you know, maybe uh, Thiago has lots of those those same attributes, but you know, he he we can't rely on him to be available. So uh, and 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 there's another strength that McAllister I think has. I hope I don't jinx him with this, but uh, you know he's he's very durable. Um, and, and where does he fit in? I, I think um, you know Curtis Jones did did uh, an, an admirable job, uh, and I hope he will uh, get lots of playing time uh, in next season as well on this uh, this uh, left side of the midfield. But I think that would be the natural position for McAllister, and and what he could do is. Um, be very disciplined, uh, tactically disciplined, but also be someone who, uh, you know, you, you know, won't lose the ball. And uh, you also know he can uh, he can uh, contribute to 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 the build up to, to contribute to um, to ha- how we um, create danger and, and, and create goals. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's a very, very good, good signing. And I'm uh, I'm very happy that he's already in and, and can gel with uh, with the rest of the team. Yeah, I, I get that, Jay. Um, there's been two very different sort of integrations into Klopp's team. It's been a kind of, you know, Salah, Mane, Van Dyke sort of, here you are, take you out of the box and wheel you out into the first 11 and away you go. Or there's been the kind of Fabinho oh my God, look at you against Arsenal, you might be absolutely shite. Put you back in the box and like do some work on you. Same with Andy Robbo. Where do you think McAllister fits in in that equation? Plug and play, first game of the season. Um, I forgot who we've got now. 
<laughs> but he'd be playing um, if someone can carry Chelsea, isn't it? Ah, oh, yes, Chelsea. You know, I mean, God knows who he'd be playing because by then Chelsea might have turned over all forty-two different players. But um, this lad is is ready, um, as as Biddles brightly pointed out. Like he's he's a bargain at that price, and it may be the lack of competition just meant that because we had exploited the so-called clause or the but Barcelona is called a leave, I don't think, in, the, in this contract where we've got in early, we've been smart and we've just got the, the player on board right right away. Um, so, yeah, no 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 slants again on Curtis Jones and I know some people will think we're, we're hammering the lad, but, you know, 10 games or whatever it was the back in the last season and an impressive under-21 campaign with England, but you, you have to caveat that with the, you know, he's playing against lads probably younger than him, probably in inexperienced to what he'd be playing in terms of the Premier League. So I think they're probably going to rotate the minutes. And, you know, you've mentioned we've we've got Europa League football and Thursday night to look forward to. If it was a case of when that kicks in, it's going to be a, you know, Curtis takes up the Europa League starts and McAllister takes up the Premier League. And then, you know, it's sort of, you know, one comes off on 70 minutes and maybe the other gets 20 here and there and stuff like that. I'd, I'd be quite happy with that. We've got to be smart. We've got to be clever with how we use our players because we've seen, you know, the track records of there in the past. We've used players game in, game out, and they break. You know, the, the list goes on for the amount of players that we've had and we're going to be in for a hectic season. And people question like the whole Thursday Sunday thing but you are always playing catch up especially in the league because you're always playing after people so if we were to have a good start and you know leagues aren't won in December just ask Arsenal that but you can lose a league you know what I mean and I'm not saying we're, we're bang on for being in with a shout but you've got to make sure you, you're competitive all the way along because we don't want to repeat the last season so We've got to be smart with using the squad and making sure that we're not overplaying players and ruining them, especially ones that we've just brought in the door. Yeah, Johnny. Um, McAllister, for me, a funny one. I think for large periods under Pottery, he was not in the first 11. Um, I think he might have had injury concerns last year. And if I'm being honest with you, I always kind of liked him as a player. But I don't know, has the hype around him been overblown given the fact that Argentina win the World Cup? Would we be talking about him the way we are if Argentina get knocked out in the semi-final um, in like embarrassing fashion and, and he's a part of that? Because I don't even think he was a starter in the first couple of games in the World Cup, isn't that right? I don't know if he... I thought he was. I, I thought he did start for them. Maybe, I don't know, maybe... Maybe, maybe he, he did, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of Enzo Fernandez. I can't remember. But anyway, the, the first point, the first part of the, the question, the, that point around, yeah. you know, his reputation kind of still applies here. So just go with that one. Yeah, I mean, but, listen, winning a, winning a World Cup's... Going, going to increase your stock and it is going to increase expectations and hype. There's no getting away from that. Would we be talking him in exactly the same way? Um, probably not. It probably would be a little bit more downplayed. Um, but but I think he's I think he's a super footballer. I, I'm with Burl on it. I think he's um, I think he's a superb signing. I think he's ready. Like Jay said, I think he's ready from the the get go, um, I think it did take Deserbe and that style of football. Because Brighton were quite a, you know, they were becoming quite a negative team, you know, really struggling. Yeah, pragmatic and, and struggling at home. There was those spells where the where the home crowd were getting on their back because of the, you know, very possession orientated, but not really offering much in the final third. Not really, you know, getting bodies in the box and and. Obviously, Deserve came in and he and he transformed them. But I think for me, probably the most impressive thing about him is his intelligence and 
when it whether he, he played a lot of roles for them you know he played advanced and then if there was injuries you know if if there was there was problems and gross needed to go to right back he played deeper with casido and even when he played deeper i still thought he was really influential he was even still influential in the in the final third i, I just think he's really intelligent he's really intelligent he's really good on the ball he sees if he, he finds space like all good players he always seems to be in space he's got a great shot on him we know about his uh, a set piece delivery um he, he, he sees passes he's just technically really clever and yeah he is durable as well and i think that's a quality i mean i for me i, I remember i was listening to the you know field rap after the the brighton demolition of us and i remember i think it was neil atkinson um was 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 raving about McAllister and actually saying this is the player we should be looking at because I, I, we couldn't get near him that day. He, he just was popping into spaces. He was, he, he was five yards ahead of of us um, all day. You know, he, he was it was chalk and cheese comparing him to what we had in midfield. So, I think is there a little bit more hype? Yeah, of course there is because he he's just won a World Cup. But I think he he will make a huge huge difference. And I agree with everything you know that Jay was saying there on Curtis. I think. He had a great end of the season. I think his confidence is up. I think you'll see Alexis in that left-sided role. Um, it, it doesn't feel like you'll see much of them together on the pitch, but 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 that's okay. Early in the season, um, I think we've got to do more of that. We've got to be clever. You see the way City go about their business with Bernardo Silva plays the big games in in Europe. Mares doesn't get a look in in the Champions League. Then Mares gets his run of games and in cups or whatever. And yeah, I think that's you know Curtis. I, I really like the the player, um, but there's no question this is not a sit and wait or Batman. He's Premier League proven. He's got experience and he's an intelligent player. He will be, he will be one of the first names on the team sheet. Uh, I think when it comes to next season. Okay, I'm setting my stall out now, ready to be embarrassed, as Arteta has done to me season over season over season. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jones, I think next season, I have a feeling you will see him take a a, a developmental jump in his level of performance, the way you see players do when Liverpool sign them and they jump to another level. I think you're going to see that from Curtis Jones next year. I genuinely think he's that good. I'm on record saying I think his ceiling is miles above what Harvey Elliott's is. So we'll wait and we'll see. And I'll wait the um, <laughs> absolute roast that I'm going to get in three, six, nine, twelve months time. So bring it on, lads. I hope, you're, I hope you're right. I hope you look like a prophet, Dave, because that sounds like at least as good as that. That would be a really mighty midfield we've got. <laughs> yeah, gen- genuinely do, genuinely do think that. I, I, I've thought it for I thought it for a long time, and you know, I think his reputation has taken a bit of a battering, and, and it, because of one of those things where he had those really bizarre injuries but it was never made public that that was what was keeping them out and that was what the issue was um so i i know what was keeping a mouse but it's not for like public discussion okay um, all right but but at the age of 22 now near 23 i think at the end of the year something like that it's not a now or never moment but as you say this is sort of the time now you you would expect them to not based onto the scene, but to, no, to but show yeah. all that credentials that he's got. To show I am now a grown-up adult mature footballer and not uh, not you know a potential future star, is what yeah. you're saying, yeah? We don't want another Jesse Lingard who's potential at 29. <laughs> no, well, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, 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 do, I do genuinely think that we're going to see that. But let's, let's get away from Curtis Jones because it's become... A strangely one of the one of the, the the 
standard, strangely divisive players that seem to seem to kind of manifest themselves within the fan base, which is bizarre. Um, Beryl, loads of stuff flying around. Kevin Taram, Manu Kone. Kevin Taram, Manu Kone, who will it be? We just don't know, but it's definitely going to be one of them. It might be both of them. It looks like it's going to be none of them because we just dropped 60 million quid on... Dominic Sabozlai, and I'm hoping that you have more knowledge on this player than I do. I think, you know, stylistically, um, he is looks like everything that Klopp wants in a midfielder. He is tall. He is m- muscular and built and physical. He is very fast for a guy of his, you know, stature. Um, technically, Superb, uh, takes great set pieces and looks like he can like kick the ball really hard from really far out into the net quite often, which is something that we aren't really used to. So, you know, what is your knowledge of the player? Is he essentially that right-sided midfield position um, ahead of Trent? Yeah, I would think that that that's the position that we are thinking of, uh, you know, when uh, when we uh, when we bought him. But uh, actually, uh, last season under um, Marco Rosa, um, uh, Klopp's mate Marco Rosa, uh, he played uh, he played like the right winger. So in the Salah position, and maybe this is a surprise, but he um, he you know if if you would consider a midfielder something in between a, a defender and and an attacker. He's more of an attacker than a defender. So I think on, on, if if he will play as a midfielder, which I really think, then he he will probably need to work on his uh, his defensive skills. But um, you know, uh, let's let's get back to the positives. Uh, you know, all, all the things you said uh, are, are I, I think right. Um, I think you know we talked about McAllister, uh, who can uh, you know who is really good at keeping the ball. And uh, and uh, Sobosla is, is is as well, but he's also very good at dribbling. And I think this is something we we lacked in our team. Um, yeah, Luis Diaz is good at dribbling, and you know most of our players can dribble a bit. I think Trent's dribbling is is underestimated, but um, um, and I think uh, Salah is not as good at dribbling as as people think, but he's very effective at it. But uh, Sobosla is someone who can you know take the ball and and you know even start showboating and and uh, you know pony tricking if if that will be a, would be a verb so he's uh, he's a very uh, exciting player uh, he's still very young also um he, he's been out for almost a year not, not last season but the season before and i think that has uh, hampered his uh, his development but also uh, i think otherwise he would have been um, known as as being one of the the greatest talents in Europe, which I really think he is. Um, if I'm, you know, if my memory serves, I think he played against us with uh, uh, Red Bull uh, Salzburg, even, uh, and maybe, yeah, it, it should be with Salzburg if I'm not mistaken. You know, the 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 time they and they came to Anfield with with uh, Haaland and with Minamino. Um, I I I think he played in that match, uh, and he was playing as a midfielder. But you know, he, he has all these very exciting uh, skills, and I think he has a very very high ceiling. Um, I don't think he will be slotted right in, because uh, his role will, will you know he, he will need to learn lots of uh, tactical tweaks, especially because of uh, you know Trent playing behind him. And Salah playing in front of him, so you know he needs to adapt to them. But uh, yeah, I was I was very excited when I heard this rumor, and and um, you know in the group app I I said I, I wasn't hopeful that we could get him, um, but we did get him, and you know um, so I I'm, I'm very excited about this. I I think he can he could be a real surprise for for lots of people and uh, you know who haven't watched uh, the 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 German leagues. He's, uh, you know, he's all that. Everything you said there. Okay, Jay, I, like, I think you watch a bit more football than I do. Um, 
for me, this is for me, this is a bit of a throwback to um a European player coming from a foreign league that you don't really know much about, but has a load of hype behind him. You know, like Newcastle signing David Ginola and, and things like that. Um well, you don't really know, but there's just a little sense of excitement um, because of the kind of, you know, mystique around it. I think it's his national team as well. That that adds to that. So obviously, being a, well, he's, he's now the captain of Hungary. So Yeah, but it's not, know, like, not exactly, you know, a fashionable international outfit. So, yeah, I, I take your point. But, you know... What have you seen of him? Is is this is is this as much of a coup as some people are making it out to be, or I, is this more of a guy we're going to see the best of in four or five years' time? Given he is only twenty two. No, no, I think it's right now. Um, his record alone, like, speaks for itself. Like every year, goals and assists is pretty much double figures, goals and assists. Apart from I think one season when he was out for four months with an abductor injury. Um, but he's been in the Red Bull system, I think, since the age of 16, 17. So he was at Leifring. Then he went to Salzburg. And Bero was right. He did play at Anfield uh, when Minamino and Harlan came. And there's a there's a clip going around, probably if, if you dig it out on YouTube, when when Harland and Sabaz like come to Anfield, they were like amazed at the fact that like they were there playing at this famous ground. Like it obviously we're biased and we think it's the best ground in the world and why wouldn't we? But like, you know, it's an awe for players from other parts of the world to come and play there. So like, you know, it, it sort of does link to the connection that this this lad understands what we are as a club. You know, like we're not just another name. We are a massive giant in European football and he's got pretty much everything. He's got the dribbling ability, as Bill said, he's got, you know, a rocket of a right foot. Like you don't have to go and have a look at some of the goals he scored. And yes, anybody can look good on YouTube, but this lad can strike a ball and he can strike it in many different ways. He can whip it, he can care it, he can, you know, that sort of knuckleball. You've seen him score free kicks like that. I think is the delivery from set pieces is seconds and on. And if we're all honest with ourselves, we don't have much good set piece delivery. Like, you know, Trent is, is hit and miss at times. You know, he, if he puts a good one in, it's a really good one. But he also has a few stinkers. And Andy Robertson, he can't hit a dead ball for me. He can hit a moving ball, but when it Jay, comes like a dead ball, he can't do it. Jay, Sorry, we, yes. we, we, we scored the most uh, goals from dead ball uh, situations in uh, uh, last season. <laughs> so we're not, not bad at it. <laughs> yeah. well, He's got you there, Jay. He's got me there, yeah. I'll give him that. But, I mean, sitting in the ground watching... You know, the amount of corners that hit the first man, the amount of, you know, free kicks that don't actually result to anything. Um, and what he's probably got, which I love more than anything, is he's probably got more than his box with his right foot to not do that clipped back post cross that I'll say and Mr. Henderson does on a weekly basis. Week in, week out. I think this lad's got more ability in his right foot to be able to do more, if that's the position he's going to play, you know, we should hopefully see a lot more goals. And yeah, I'm excited for him because I think at the end of the day, we've missed the ability of someone to strike a ball from the edge of the box. And this lad looks like he's just going to do it. You know, Oxley chain one done at a time, but we've not seen the best of him for three or four years. I think the last one who had had a regular ability to strike one in from the edge of the box was probably Phil Coutinho. And we, we work so many attacking positions you just sometimes think, just have a go, because it, it becomes so predictable that we're just going to play it out to the wide and try and whip it in and repeat and rinse this tactic of trying to score goals that way. Sometimes just have a shot, because you never know. The keepers in this league are terrible. Johnny, um, this is this is kind of a player I don't think we've signed in a while. He is, you could probably say the same from McAllister. Um you know, this isn't just a functional midfielder um, that will go about his business, be neat and tidy, be careful, be responsible. This looks like a guy who, you know, has come 
with very clear identity of being a forward thinking, very direct midfielder. And do you think that signing is part of the switch to this different formation system that we saw kind of back in the last season with Trent in this role and the kind of box midfield? Do you think that this signing is because of that? That's that's hard to say. Um, That's why I asked you. (laughs) I think he's... I think he's on a, he's he's an unorthodox player, and I didn't see him. I would say in the Bundesliga, I maybe seen him play maybe four or five times full games, um, and he's he played in a sort of strange position for for um, Leipzig. He played, I think I've heard it referred to as like a wide ten. But there's no doubt he's he's best off the the right hand side. But like like Burl was saying, he he played a lot in that attacking as, as really up the pitch, almost like Salah. And um, well, Johnny is a wide ten, not like back in the day, kind of what Jordan Henderson was doing in those positions that he was taking up, like almost like the Kevin De Bruyne positions. Is that is that the sort of thing you're talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, he, kind of he, lateral with the, the right hand side of the box and maybe ten yards yeah. deeper. I think what I would say, like, he did play quite, he, he did play quite far up the pitch for them though. Like, not, I wouldn't compare what he was doing with with that with that position. I think he will be molded into a specific role. I mean. There is a part of me that's thinking, bloody hell, Trent, Sabozla, and Salah down a side. Holy shit! I mean, that is, that that is that is a handful for any team. Um, he, he seems. I mean, obviously he's twenty two. He's he's a hungry captain. A, a funny thing, I when you watch his technique, he does. Jesse Marsh made an interesting said take on him. You know, the former, obviously Leeds manager. Um, and he and 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 he managed Leipzig as well, didn't he? Um, or was it Salzburg? Where did Jesse March? Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he, did, he described Sa- Salzburg. Hold on, it was both. It was, was, it was both. It both. So both. He described him as both. like a modern. He described him as like he said he's like a bit of a modern day Beckham in in terms of the the care he takes with striking a ball and the delivery. You know that real care that Beckham really put. You know that real focus and concentration when when striking a ball and his set pieces, um. But I think he's a really full package. I mean, I know that there's some people out there, you know. And if you go on Twitter, you know, you got the usual people going, you know, the Kata comparisons and saying, "Oh, here's Liverpool fans getting getting all excited." And Kata probably was. I think the the potential is what this this guy could deliver what Keita didn't deliver, which is really be the game changing transformative force in midfield. And I think with with Keita, it was it was injuries. There were so many factors. I thought he was still a really good player, um, but 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 he didn't do it often enough. But Savazlai is he he can do the he can do the lot. He. And physically, physically, Johnny, he is the is the antithesis of Nabi Keita. Yes, of course he is. He's big, he's strong, he's rangy, he's really good at running with the ball, he's really quick. His ball recoveries is, you know, everything you'll see when, when people talk about him. Tactical intelligence, ball recoveries, he's really, really smart. Uh, at pressing, he's really, really effective at winning balls. But but I think one of the standout stats around him is for the last number of years in the Bundesliga, he's always been in the top five creative players for like expected uh, assists and things like that. He makes things happen. His delivery of a ball makes things happen. He's a real threat shooting from distance. And it just adds something into our armory. Because if you think about, you know, um, you've got you've got Salah to worry about. You've got Trent who can pick a lock. But then you've got this big, powerful option now driving and if teams want to sit back and drop off and drop off and drop off, he will see when he gets within 25 yards, he will smash it. 
he, he will. Um, but I'm not saying he's a selfish player. He, he, he can see a pass. He's a really good long-range passer, short-range passer. I, I genuinely, I, I think it's a really exciting signing. And this this is genuinely someone that could really be a worldie at Liverpool. And it wouldn't surprise me if 27 or 28 in five or six years' time, Real Madrid are sort of going, right, we're going to come and give you absolute top dollar to try and get him. I think he could be that that good. So, And he's got the perfect man to work with. And probably the final thing for me is he firmly ticks the box of no dickheads, which is, I know, a big club policy. He is... He's humble. He's hardworking. He's got his feet on the ground. He's captain of. And he's a, yeah, that's the next thing I was going to come on to. Klopp loves sending captains, doesn't he? He does. He does, and and the, he does. He genuinely does tick all them boxes. And even his attitude from the get go. You know, they asked him about. You know, you're not going to be playing the Champions League, and he's like, "That's fine. I'm playing that next year. Let's focus on winning the Europa League this year." You know, everything about him. Yeah, I, I think it's really exciting, and hopefully Klopp can work is magic and he becomes like a you know you think of players and sometimes there's a wee bit of doubts around like you know we signed Sadio Mane some people were like his goal scoring people have said his goal scoring could be better I think Johnny, I was like 34 million for this boy from Southampton are you actually for real <laughs> I, I will, honest to God he's... my head nearly fell off and I, re- I remember it so vividly <laughs> he's so streaky <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. And, and maybe it is a sign that we're returning to maybe the geeks, as people would say. Maybe the data people are, are in charge of it again. Um, but but yeah, exactly. And it's one of them ones I just think there's so much to work with. And it's just going to be really exciting to see how we use him, use McAllister, use Trent. Um, and, and, and I think the supply, just the threat he gives us in terms of creativity you know, for the forwards in particular, because let's be honest, we, we did really like that from midfield, you know, without slaughtering the captain. Henderson's performances have regressed massively over the last 12, 18 months. And this really gives a, a shot in the arm to the midfield and, and that right-hand side. I think it just gives us so much. Um, just really excited, really excited to see him and McAllister and uh, hopefully the new, the new Pelly, Curtis Jones, Dave, as you've touted. So we can't Tell go wrong. That. Can you? Um, couple of good points Johnny made there, Beryl. Surprisingly, um, I think the first one there is the fact that these do look, these signings do look more surgical than last summer. They look more deliberate. They look more methodical. Um, they're in the area that we need. It feels a bit van dyke allison robertson sort of fabinho sort of territory where there's an obvious gap let's just go and do the obvious thing and fill it it's a bit more difficult to kind of square that with yourself almost because we're still well i'm certainly i'm still trying to figure out exactly what we're trying to do because you know what we did seem to work last year but all likelihood is we probably didn't have the exact sort of personnel and profile players do it exactly the way the manager wanted to do it and the other thing is you know bodies in the midfield are great but Johnny's right there was regression from from Henderson's performances last year and also massively for being used and I wonder is do we see them benefit from this as well the fact that you know they were the guys being flogged every week week in week out because we literally didn't have anybody else and that has got to have taken a toll on their performance levels so do we get better versions of those two guys as well next year i i think we we already saw that uh, fabinho uh, came more into his own uh you know the the way we, do, we do you know what? knew i'm going to stop you there Beryl. i'm going to stop yeah. you there i agree with you to a point but his his level had dropped so low I still don't even think at his best last season he was anywhere near the level that he'd been for the previous two or three years. Nowhere close. No, I, I would agree with that. And uh, yeah, and and you know which which shows you how bad he was at, at a certain time in uh, uh, last season. It, it it was it was incredible. Um, 
uh, how how slow he was to react and how how he was chasing people who who you know flew right you know and, you know right and left by him so uh, but uh, again uh, at the end of the season I, I thought he was uh, he was playing uh, as as a as a useful player uh, still not you know the, the guy that that uh, that stopped uh, um, the Barcelona midfield uh, in, in the four four nil game, but you know you you can't always be at at your top. So, but I I would think, um, you know, in general. So we were talking about Soboslai. If if Soboslai poses a threat, then uh, the opponents can't just concentrate on Trent and 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 Salah. That's as simple as it is. If uh, if you have more threats in your team, if you have more players who can create something, then uh, then it would uh, the other players have more space, more time uh, to do you know uh, what they can. Uh, so yeah, if 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 we add uh, quality to to our midfield or you know in general to our team, I think uh, all players will will benefit um, not only from the competition but also you know just from being on on the pitch and. If 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 uh, you know Henderson can can uh, can play uh, sparingly um, and and we don't have to play him every every game, then he I'm I'm very sure he will be very useful because you know he had his good games as well, but he had a lot of bad games as well, um, and in in his case that is to be expected because you know his his uh, you know he he is 33, something like that. Uh, and he he has always been a, a player who who depended on his uh, on his physicality. So um, the, you you can expect uh, and and for, for a certain degree uh, forgive uh, a drop off. But um, th- there was no one behind him. So if 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 he wouldn't play, then and Harwellet played a lot last season, but uh, and dropped off in the, in the second half of the season. So th- th- there wasn't uh, really an alternative, and I think if we can use these players uh, spare, more sparingly, um, then yeah, th- they will benefit from that. Uh, and you know, in the case of Fabinho, um, I-, I hope Bajcetis will be uh, will be uh, available uh, again. I think he's fit now again, and if we can use him as well again sparingly, don't flog him, don't play him every match. And if Thiago comes back to fitness, uh, you know, for however how long that that may be, um, he would be useful. So yeah, I think a bit of luxury would, wouldn't be bad, right? So we, we it 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 we, we don't want to get back into the uh, the position, the situation that we uh, have eleven very good players and a very good team, but that there's nothing on the bench or nothing to to rotate them with. We, I don't think we we want that. Um, we were talking about this uh, before um, we started recording, uh, and th- there are some positions that we don't really have alternatives for if, if we are going forward with the the, the tactics that we saw in the latter end of uh, uh, on the, in the second half of, of the season, or you know, the, the last ten weeks of the season. You, you, I should say probably, um, yeah, most notably uh, transposition. But you know, I, I think w- with the players that we have, there are. Um, um, alternative uh, ways of playing possible, with which we still would be able to 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 win games uh, uh, and 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 be uh, uh, hard to beat. Um, but yeah, it's it's never a bad thing to to add um, quality, and I do expect more from, especially from Fabinho, and um, and I expect to see a lot less from Hendo. And, and I'm not saying this. Um, uh, uh, unrespectfully, because uh, I, I love Hendo, I love uh, what he can bring, but uh, I, I think we, we did him a disservice by playing them this much and uh, uh, and flogging him is, is probably the you know the best way to describe that. Yeah, Jay. Um, going off topic here for a minute because I think this is probably. Uh, the most interesting conversation around this Liverpool side at the minute, in my head anyway. Um, and no, it's not Darwin Nunez, um, despite me really wanting to talk about all of these, like, Darwin Nunez freaks that, like, I don't know why. <laughs> they, uh, it's mad, mate. These absolute Darwin Nunez super fans. I don't get it. But anyway, um, 
yeah, I'm going to just say three words to you and let's talk. Um, John or Nunez, or John or Diaz? Yes. What is the crack? Who is who is the preferred? Who is who is the who's the starter? Yes. It 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 it's pretty for me. It's it, it's pretty simple. I don't is know. It? Yeah, in terms of if we're going to be playing a formation that has, you know, the the box midfield as it's it's been labelled, isn't it? You know, with with Trent playing in that hybrid in inside role with. Let's just say what we currently have available is Fabinho next to him and then new signings, Sabozlai and McAllister in the advanced eight slash ten roles. Then your number nine is a toss up between Gapo and your favourite player, Mr. Nunes. Salah is going to occupy the right hand side coming in. So naturally you need whiff because if we are to play with a back three. Maybe we are in the market for a left-sided centre-back who's naturally more defensive, just so we've got a bit more security at the back. So do you think this formation shift lends itself very specifically to Diaz's natural style? I think he holds the width naturally better than than Jota. That's not a a slant on Jota's ability. Jota is probably the most natural finisher in our squad. When the ball's in the box, it's probably... You don't want it to fall to many other people than him, um, because he will just, you know, when he's when he's on form, and you see like once he got the ring rust off last season, like when that ball dropped to him, he's lethal. Um, like you know, like Jay, Jay, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Spurs, when yeah, he gets I was going to say like, the Spurs goal. You, like, like you just nobody know, else scores that. Like that's Fowler there. That's Robbie Fowler there. You just know he's sticking that in the far corner. Nobody else in our squad is scoring that goal in that situation. No. And even oh. in the celebration afterwards, right? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's right after they equalised in injury time. He's went and scored the winner to make a 4 3. And you remember the scenes when it's like Collymore did that? Do you know what I mean? He just trots over, sits down, does his wee PlayStation celebration. And that gave me the impression, like, well, obviously. I was going to stick it in the net. Do you know what yeah. I mean? What did you expect? Just that complete arrogance. I think, so So to your point of Diaz or Jota, then I think in the formation we're going to roll with, we need natural whiff on the left-hand side. So it's, for me, it's naturally Diaz. However, there will be situations in games where you do want Jota there. I think what Jota probably is, is he is... He's always going to be if he's not starting the first sub off the bench. Um, but then what we've got in McAllister and Sabozlai is the opportunity to change up the way we play, the opportunity to change formation. Because as it was mentioned earlier on by, by everyone, really, these lads have played in multiple different roles and positions for the clubs that they were previously employed at. So, you know, it's not necessarily this formation is the only formation we're going to play because Trent Alexander-Arnold isn't going to play every single game of next season. And we haven't got a direct, you know, plug-and-play Trent replacements. If Trent isn't there, do we then drop back into a more natural back four? Do we then change the midfield in whatever sort of lineup that it is? Yes, is probably the answer to that because we haven't got anyone of that, that ability of replacements to play there. So, would we then go with a more natural front two at times? And would you then say, you know, if Sabozlai can play off the right, would you play Salah up front with somebody else? Do you play Gakpo dropping off someone and play someone ahead of him, whether that be Nunes or, or Jota, in a more natural number nine position? Because Gakpo at times did naturally drop into a sort of 8-10 role. We just don't know. But what it does give us is it gives us plenty of variety and plenty of options. And... That's what we need going forward because at times last season, especially when it weren't going good for us, we were so predictable in A, who we were going to line up with and B, how we were going to approach a game. And if it didn't go for us or we went 1-0 down, we had no idea what to do and we were really, really struggling. So at least now 
we're bringing in players who have the flexibility to mould themselves into different roles and different positions and there will be games and there will be a run in the season when Jota probably plays every single game like in the Premier League for five, six weeks or whatever because he'll strike hot and then he, and he'll be on form and likewise probably for Diaz and hopefully next season for Nunes and hopefully for Gapo. so you know it, it's just good to have these options available rather than not have them yeah, totally. And, you know, we have these conversations, Johnny, time and time again, particularly in pre-season, start of the season, close season, whatever it's called, like like we're going to have the entire squad available all of the time. <laughs> and as we know better than most, that's not the case. So, look, um, I think just to kick this off, in an ideal world, where do you think we still need to strengthen? And do you know? So is it? I've heard people say four. I've heard people say five. There's two in. I've heard mental people say six. Um, how many do you think we need? Irrelevant of departures, because we'll come on to that. Um, and in what areas? I'd still like. Um... I'd still like two more. Ideally, I'd love two more in midfield. I think we'll do two more. I think we'll do Lavia from Southampton, and he'll sort of be, you know, he'll he'll sort of be there to learn the ropes. Yes, Johnny, you think you think if we're going to sign, you think if we're only going to sign one more midfielder, it's got to be more of a six because we've just put two eights in, right? That seems obvious to me. Yeah, and then the, the you know the Coney the the Coney talk was interesting because the talk of him was he's a, he's like a hybrid, you know they were sort of saying he's a bit of a we've been linked with Catherine Turam and Lavia and Coney was apparently a bit of a a hybrid of both that could really do do a lot. Um, I'd love us to go out and get two in midfield because I think it would literally be the the. Um, so, for example, if they did get Turam and Lavia or, or Kone and Lavia, I don't think we will. I think it's be a lot of money. Um, that would be the midfield. <clears throat> for me, the midfield rebuild sorted, like literally sorted. That would be our midfield done. Um, you know, for 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 quite a number of years, it would really be. Well, you're the, like, but again, we're again we're we're making those assumptions that every player we sign is going to hit the mark. Well, that's, yeah, that's it. I mean, there is a bit of that, of course, there is. I think the the, the interesting one, which we're hearing a lot about is, and we haven't probably talked about this much, but one of the things that's been really apparent in the system we were doing, well, I thought it was really apparent, was Robertson has struggled a bit with his role changing, because with Trent, he's playing narrower, a lot of the time he's playing on a left-sided centre-back role and I just find with Robertson, he's just not as sure of himself there, his decision-making, he's, you know, and and listen, we'll wait and see how we line up next season. Maybe it'd be rejuvenated, re, maybe he'll be on it, but there does seem to Johnny, be... Johnny, can, can I actually just jump in here because I think that's a really interesting point. Um, mm. And the, Robertson's, Robertson's natural style is very much you know, the lung busting, you know, 50, mm. 60 yard runs. And he's 30 now. Mm. He's not going to be able to do that for, for, for too much longer. And this might actually be perfect for him, given the preseason to start to transition more into a role which is less reliant on, you know, pure energy. Yeah, it could be. I... I... We keep being linked with the uh, Levi Colwell, you know, from the on loan at Brighton, did really well last season, left-sided centre-back, apparently playing really well for England this summer as well. Um, and he he is really highly regarded, but apparently it's ridiculous silly money, as you'd imagine, for a young English player. I mean, sort of been quoted things like 50, 60 million, which just feels insane. Um, but I think they will look to do something there. Um, but uh, but the, the alternative would be Klopp sees Robertson 
maybe as a bit of a project to try and maybe tactically. I just think it doesn't really play to his strengths because, you know, he's not great in the air. It's, it's a really fundamentally different position. It's completely different to what he's used to doing. And I just think his level of performance, it was just so obvious to me that he was struggling with having to be that but narrower. So it wouldn't surprise me if we try and do something there. But I'd, I think we'll bring two more in, Dave. I do. I think we'll bring another midfielder in. And I think we'll bring a defender in um, on that side. Um, I think that, that'll be your business. And ideally, I'd love us to bring in three. But I think it'll be two more. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, Beryl, um, how many do we sign? For, just quickly answer this and then we'll get on to the next point. Um, how many do we sign without selling and how many do we sign with selling? I don't think we sign anyone else if we don't, if uh, no one leaves and if and if people leave, then, uh, you know, the number that goes out will um, hopefully <laughs> come in. Okay. All right. Fine. So, in my eyes, this is it, you know we're all sitting here under the assumption that this is going to be what we see in the last ten games of the season is the next phase of this Liverpool's team, this Liverpool team's evolution, and we have a number of players there that probably aren't fit for purpose anymore. And I'm looking particularly in the back four, and I'm looking at. Um, you know, primarily Malapin and Simicast. I think Joe Gomez, if, and this is a huge, huge if, but if you can get him somewhere near the level that he was, he is perfect for that right-sided centre-half um, position that, that Kanate can do so effectively, but we know his, his availability issues as well. So, you know, you're talking, I presume, Madip or or Costas going out, and then what sort of profile of player? Or you know, I think you'll probably be more familiar with is it Van der Ven and a couple of other guys. Who who do you see on the radar for that area? Um, yeah, the, uh, Van der Ven. Uh, I, I can't say I've seen a lot of him because he uh, left from uh, the uh, the Dutch second division. Uh, uh, Directly to to Wolfsburg, but you know uh, the the few things that I've seen from him is that he's a he's a, a good defender. He's very quick, um, but I don't think uh, you know that there ha there has been talk. But I think it was you know just conjured up if, because of the fact that um, uh, what's his name Jörg Schmatke came from there, uh, and uh, and you know we obviously need. Um, to think about, uh, you know, what happens when when Van Dijk uh, drops off even further. But uh, you know, Simikas is adamant that he's staying. Uh, you know, all, all the things that you said about Robertson, and you know, uh, I think um, Simikas is, is is you know mostly the same player. I would say so. Yeah, w would apply to him as well. You know, ideally, I would say. Um, uh, let both Gomez and Matip go, you know, or maybe just uh, keep Matip as a, as a backup for for Virgil Van Dijk, and and um, you know g get in someone who can play this 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 role that uh, that Konate plays, and uh, you know ideally even do a, a bit of what what, what Trent does. Um, we we've spoken about uh, Yuri Timber who went from uh, from Ajax to. Uh, to Arsenal, I think he, he would have been ideal. Um, and, and there is another player who, who I really want to stay at Feyenoord, but um, you know, the, the, there's been lots of rumours about him. Um, uh, uh who uh, maybe go to Red Bull Leipzig, which probably means that you know we will go, go in for him uh, in a couple of years. Uh, and in midfield, I I, I agree with uh, with Johnny there that uh, if if we get someone in in midfield, it would you know it, it would be best to to look at someone who can uh, uh, be the successor of uh, of Fabinho. Um, but you know I don't see that happening if 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 we don't uh, you know if 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 this is the number of players that we have right now, I don't think we add to that. 
Okay, Jay, where are you on this? Because I, I kind of feel we bring... I'm kind of of the, of the persuasion, and this might sound mad given FSD's record, but I think we bring in two more without shifting somebody on. And I think we bring in three more if we do shift somebody on. Or am I being mental? No, no, which I, I mean, I'm one of the mentalists who wants six, <laughs> really. Um, I, I think we, we still need another two in midfield. And we need a, I think we need two in midfield. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm quite prepared to sell Thiago. No, but you, you know, I mean, right now, you think we need two in midfield? Um, we we definitely need one. Yeah, so, so like I think I think one more, and we're really well stocked. Yeah, but I'm I'm of I'm of the persuasion that we need to stop getting rid of let, letting players walk away for free. So. Yes. If there's a potential there for a purchase, I, I get what you're saying, but at right now we need right one. now as it stands we need one. So it's one and it's two if Thiago goes, yeah. In midfield, yeah. And I'm of the persuasion of trying to sell them actively, sell them because of a availability and b not letting them have two hundred grand a week and play half dozen games and then walk away for free. And then you and want then, two centre backs as well. Yeah, because again I would let. Matip go now because he's in the same position as Thiago in terms of a year left. We can, you know, get some money and put it towards someone else. And I, I would probably look at trying to get someone young enough to be able to, you know, learn and develop and not necessarily play more than cup games next season. And then next summer you look to shift Gomez on. So, so you sort of forward plan. I mean, that one is that's that question mark can be done next season. You know what I mean? But you, you, you gamble on if you let Matip go, you bring someone in, ideally a left-sided centre back. Then, you know, you, you've got Gomez, new player in quotation marks, Virgil, Canate, uh, and then you're probably looking at what Seth Vandenberg or something like that for. There, so you, you're kind of a little bit tight. Maybe Robbo can fill in there in times, but it depends how many times we play a three and how many times we play a four. So it's you know, it's how you manage that sort of setup. If we, if we, if we nail down, this is how we're going to go, and it's going to be free. And you'll occasionally see Robertson, but he's not really suited to a left side of centre back role. Then I think we probably need two centre halves in there if you're to let Matip go. If not, it's one. So yeah. I'm of the persuasion that defo two, one midfield, one centre half. And if we're being smart and selling to buy rather than letting people walk away for free year on year, you then need two more than the two to go with Thiago and Massive. And also, if a bid comes for Kelleher, then we're going to need a backup keeper. Yeah, but you can maybe take 20 minutes for Kelleher and fucking, I don't know, promote somebody or something. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's Adriano, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. do you know? Um, <laughs> said the better. <laughs> um, Johnny, last question. Save the most divisive for the end. Um, in this new shape, and in the, in the old shape, I guess, I am still very concerned as to how we get the best out of Darwin Lunez. Uh, you know, Jay mused on, you know, the ideal scenario, left-hand side, who is best suited for this role out that left. If you're talking what sort of player Lunez is closest to between Jordan and Diaz, certainly Jordan, where he's going to want to, you know, come inside take up those inside spaces off the left. So you would think that, you know, he's certainly not going to be first choice out there. Gakpo's been very purposefully, you know, moulded into that false nine position, which must be for a very specific reason, because it's part of this process. So what do we do with him? <laughs> now there's a question. Isn't um... it just... And listen, I want yeah. to be very, very clear here. I know people give me grief for like not liking Nunez, and that's not it at all. 
I just feel like he's the right player at the wrong club in the wrong system. And it's not that he's not really good at what he does, but what he's really good at, we, we don't really need. And what he's not good at, I feel like we do need. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do completely, yeah. Um, yeah, like Nunez is, you know, obviously he's, he's, he's so quick. His movement is fantastic around the box. He, he can be a bit raw with his finishing. Um, but it is really hard to see as last season developed and as we started to find a groove. And like, I think the, the, the game that probably cemented it for me was, you know, the was the probably the 7 0 game against um, United. And I think where would, you know, Gapco just came into his own, his intelligence, his movement, picking up space, dropping threading the balls down the channel for Mo and he, there's no doubt in my mind Klopp sees him as first choice which means that Nunez's best position you'd think would be would be down the, the middle um, it's interesting because of the players we've bought you know we've bought really creative quite dynamic players now in, in, in midfield and McAllister and Subaslai and 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 there is an argument that actually their range of passing and creative creativity could really help Darwin a lot as opposed to what he had behind him last season. But you, you just look at the team and you and you've got to think that you know our best sort of run of form, best ability was Gap go down the middle, Mo's going nowhere. You've got Diaz and you've got Jada or two really strong quality options down the left and I I think for Nunez you'll see him you know you'll see him consistently in Europe I think there'll be certain games where you know where we're playing let's maybe just say of course there'll be injuries and there'll be rotations the the Thursday Sunday thing is a real pain in the ass Um, there'll be rotation things there and there may be games where he comes in at number nine and he might well thrive given some of the players that we're adding in the midfield but it is hard to escape the notion that for um, like a 70, 75 million pound player um, he feels like a bit of a square peg in a round hole and I can't shake that either I I just don't see how he gets ahead of those other players we've mentioned and injuries aside and cements his place. Um, I don't know if Klopp has a plan. Maybe maybe there's a plan here with what we're doing. Maybe we, we, we might see him, but I just, I don't see it. And it's a lot of money and a big investment. And I concur with what we've said on previous ones. I think if he went to, I think if Darwin Nunes went to a, uh, a, Man United, a Man United or a Chelsea, I unplayed just down the middle. I think he'd be, I think he'd dynamite. score shit. He'd score, sh- he'd score shit loads of goals. Yeah, he's lightning. I mean, he's his movement in the box is unreal. It's just the way we want to play and the way we build attacks and the way we do it. I just don't know can, if can it I, works. Can I, can I uh, throw a curveball in here? Uh, Please do. Yeah, yeah. If 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 we look at you know what uh, um, what Manchester City did and how they adapted to playing with, you know, it's 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 not like for like, but uh, they uh, you know they always played with a false nine, but uh, this season they played with a you know an out and out striker you could say who who struggled with um, you know the link up play, but um, uh, his qualities, you know, uh, scoring goals when presented with chances, uh, w- was deemed, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, beneficial in the trade-off, you could say. Um, but they they didn't find their groove until they uh, they started playing with Grealish, I think. Uh, you know, I, I dislike Grealish as a, you know, as a player and as a person. You know, just you know, not, not as a person because I don't know him as a person, but, you know, the way he acts and... Uh, behaves uh, on the pitch I I really don't like but w- what he does is that he keeps the ball 
um, and which allows uh, the team to, to to get you know to to move up the pitch. Uh, and they have lo lots of these good midfielders, and you know also the defenders that uh, are are really good with the ball, and and that allows them uh, to to pressurize the other team. So th uh, so they don't need a false nine to to drop into midfield to to press. And uh, I think this was our problem. Um, our midfield couldn't press. Our 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 defend defenders couldn't press anymore, and so we 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 needed someone. And I think that's why, in hindsight, that's why we bought Gakpo to to fulfill that role. And Darwin clearly couldn't because he didn't understand what to do. But maybe now, with all these midfielders who are really adept at um, uh, uh, at pressing and keeping the ball, and with uh, with Diaz, um, you know, being able to fulfill a role on the left wing, um, you know, maybe even better than Grealish, I would say, because he's a, uh, uh, I think he's a better football player than than Grealish. M maybe uh, would that be a way in which we could find a place for uh, for Darwin, poor old Darwin? It could be, Beryl. I I don't know. Um, because these guys that do these things at these elite football clubs know far more about things than I do. Um, what I will say is that a textbook city goal lends itself to Erling Haaland, which is working the ball and working the ball and getting to the byline and putting it back and having someone in that vicinity, six, eight, ten yards out, to stick it in the net. Um and I think as much as we've talked about Haaland's, you know, desire to want to run in behind, et cetera, and, and have that ball played out in front of him, that's his bread and butter. And that's why he gets, you know, 40, 50 goals a season. And all the goals, the majority of the goals you've seen him score are actually those goals. So, yeah, we'll see. But listen, lads, thank you for joining me. Um, it's going to be interesting. It feels like optimism which is nice so until next time up the optimistic reds